It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hockey fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on the sportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. It's nice to be back on board, but this last week was absolutely not what the doctor ordered as the Minnesota Wild finish the week. Oh, and three. Yep. Uh. <laughs> That's where we stand, 0-3. Uh, and second place, three points behind the Chicago Blackhawks in the Central Division. So, there we are. Uh, a very uh, very disappointing week, to say the least. Frustration taking over for the fans, players, everything, and show hosts as well. Uh, as I boiled over on Twitter a bit when Marion Hosa scored the game and hit over <laughs> the tweet went viral. About 40,000 people saw that tweet, which is uh, definitely a record for my show. I don't think it did my show a whole lot of good, but because <laughs> it's all Chicago fans just going, ha, 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 ha. That's basically what it was. But and I had a couple of new friends, so we'll uh, we'll take the positive with that. And the people laughing at me, eh, that's okay. You know, I, I obviously am not that worried about it. it. So what? It's just a tweet, and it wasn't like a bad tweet. It was just a pissed off tweet, and it wasn't too embarrassing. But it is what it is. We'll talk about that in the next segment uh, a, a bit. I'm, I might even have to split into three segments, depending on that. But, uh, yeah, because we'll talk a little bit there. I'm, I'm not going to go deep into detail of what people said. Just some some of the friendly ones. The other ones are just silly. We'll just leave that alone. It's just, eh. So, Sunday, March the 12th, let's get to the feature presentation. Even though you could say all three of these were a feature presentation in their own way. Ah, oh, man. Um... You know, the Wild had scoring chances all week, and of course, everybody had their best game of the year for whatever reason. It's just the same old story. I don't know. And whenever the Wilds are, whenever the Wild are struggling to score, it seems like the goalies on the other team, yeah, again, are having their best game of the season, and oh my god, the save of the century, and it's just disgusting and irritating to watch, and Dubnik certainly not doing that uh, against Chicago as he only faced two shots. They both went past him in the first five minutes. It was like the game... The Wild were down 2 nothing on the road in Chicago before most of us could even turn the TV set on or even sit down on our couch or chair or whatever the heck we were. A booth at the restaurant or whatever you're doing. 
down to nothing. That's not going to get. That's not going to get it done. It's just not, and that's kind of been the the case basically the co- the course of this week. The Wild have trailed in every game at least one nothing, if not two nothing, and against Washington it was three nothing. But really, just an icky game. Uh, Carolina, of course, that one is so winnable, and obviously extremely frustrated with Eddie Lack stopping everything in sight. Everything Dubnik couldn't stop during the course of this week is. You know, I, I don't know if there's a tell on him right now, or it, it just seems like whenever he's bad, he just he lets stuff go past his shoulders. And, of course, the Carolina game will talk about how things took place in that one. But this one, just, again, it's like Chicago being Chicago. I mean, Patrick Kane, and then you hear Chelsea Dagger, whatever the heck that is. Whatever it is. <sighs> you know, whatever. Patrick Kane scored against the Wild. Big shocker. It wasn't a classic Patrick Kane goal. It was more like a Koivu goal, where it's like a centering pass and the one-timer. You don't usually see that, but as much, and Dubnik getting beat on those during the course of this week, time and time again, much more than he had earlier in the season. Um, you know, it's like, sure, he made saves in the future games, but this one he didn't make a single save. As uh, <laughs> uh, Boudreaux did the classic little look towards, look down the blue hallway there, the sky blue floor there, you can see as he's looking down in there like, uh, anyone, anyone? As he's waiting for Darcy Kemper to come out, and Darcy was adequate, stopped twenty, and gave two more, gave up two more goals in the game. And I don't know, it felt like every goal against was bullcrap, and every freaking save Corey Crawford made was the luckiest save ever. And it's just, I don't know, that, that that was just the feeling in this game. I mean, call me a homer, but it's just games like this. You just, you know, that's where that's why bricks were invented. And, yeah, you know, the whole idea of throwing bricks at the TV. Yeah, okay, of course, you couldn't watch the game anymore, but who would want to when things were going the way they were? Uh, Granlin had another highlight reel type of goal in the game, raising the puck past Crawford's shoulder. This would be the right shoulder. Beautiful shot. He, it's a similar shot he made earlier in the season. Beautiful. Uh, right under the right under the crossbar. Just an awesome shot. That was another. I mean, so Granlin back at it again after a horrible game in Tampa last week. Uh, Niederreiter hasn't scored in forever. Eric Stahl netting another goal as well, going going low, kind of foiled Crawford. And those are the two goals the Wild would get on on Crawford the entire game after a trillion scoring chances. Great effort, especially in the third period, but again, nothing going. Um, and, and the second period, I should say, as well. 20 shots officially on goal. And Crawford, just no matter what it was, the puck bounced right exactly where it needed to go or whatever, and Crawford would always magically be there. Or his, or, his, or his pads would be there, or his glove would be there, or his stick would be there, or his helmet would be there, whatever it was. I mean, 44 shots on goal, only two allowed by Crawford. And you just sit there wanting to cry. <laughs> he just wanted to cry. Uh, Patrick Kane goes from, what, where, where was he, like in the low teens early in the season, now he's already at 30. So here we go, and that, the Panarin goal was disgusting too. Just kind of literally, you know, it wasn't a bad shot or anything. But it's like, okay, put the puck on net, hoping... Just see what happens, and yeah, of course, it goes past Dubnik. And again, that's what drew the uh, the ire of uh, Mr. Boudreaux and dragging him out of there. Granlin again forcing the turnover. That's why he made his great goal. Ramsdick's goal also extremely frustrating. Put the Blackhawks back up 3-1 to one early in that third period. And then, of course, Hosa, after a really nice feed by Duncan Keith. Of course, credit, all the credit due. Hosa able to split through two defenders and go all the way. And he magically scores once again. Raising the puck past Kemper again. Would Dubnik have been able to stop it? I don't know anymore. In the past, yes, he would have been able to stop it, but not anymore. He just doesn't seem to be stopping the shots that you used to see. Uh, he would just he would he would get the glove on it and bring it in, 
But I don't know. It seemed like he raised the puck on any of the wild goalies, and it's going to go past him. And that's what Hosa did. Just uh, sure, he's one. He, it was a point where he was one on one, but it's not like he made a move. He just shot. He just he, he just shot a wrister in well in stride. And of course, Hosa get twenty second goal of the year. And then my now famous slash infamous tweet is uh, <laughs> is what it is after that moment. I just you know does Hosa have to score against the Wild every freaking time? And the reason why I have such disdain for Marion Hosa. Is because we tried to bring him in, you know, to join Marion Gabrick. I mean, it must have been four four off seasons over the course of many years, and the bastard had always signed somewhere else. And it just, you know, you get pissed off when you see that happen. The first year he signs us Detroit, you could have had Marion and Marion, Marion Gabrick, Marion Hosa. Nope. And then Marion Gabrick leaves. You try to bring Marion Hosa in to replace him. He signs with Pittsburgh. Uh, or no, he was with Pittsburgh the first time, then he was with Detroit. He, he's just a freaking ring chaser, and that's basically what happened. I uh, signed with Pittsburgh. Lost the Stanley Cup to Detroit, signed with Detroit, lost the, lost the Stanley Cup to to Pittsburgh. See, so it's like back to back. He went to the the team that was the that was the <laughs> that was the runner up in those cases, and then he and then third time's a charm. He signs to Chicago for like a trillion years. Yep, the contract's still going all these years later, and um, yeah, then he finally got his Stanley Cup, and he's got two more in the bank since then. Um, so, I, I don't know, just a freaking ring chaser, and that's basically what was going on those couple of years there, those three years in a row. Two one-year deals at those clubs after leaving the uh, Ottawa Senators and the Wild attempting to have him join Marion Gabrick two years in a row, and it just was not meant to be. And then, of course, 2010, we all knew it took place there. And the frustration mounted. Actually, 2009 was when Gabrick left, when Fletcher took over. It just was too late. I don't know. Just It is what it is. Gabrick wasn't going to come back, and then Hosa did what he did. So that's the root of my anger towards Marion Hosa, along with the fact he scores against us every time, almost as if to rub it in our face, which just drives me nuts. And, I don't know, you just knew the game was over at that point. And it was. No matter no matter how many scoring chances the Wild would have, the Blackhawks would block it. Or Crawford would make the Miller miracle save of the century. And we'd all hear about how great he is. And, yay, we're sick and tired of the Blackhawks. And there's just no doubt about it. It was just a classic, you know, this was game six of the playoffs. Second round or whatever. Second round pretty much every year except the first time around. Or game five or game one. Whatever it was. This was the playoffs again. Same old BS. Blackhawks just like the Yankees over the freaking Twins. Yay. Um, I don't know. And there's just no no way to win an argument with a Blackhawk fan. So it is what it is. Blackhawk fans aren't nearly as bad as Colorado Avalanche fans. St. Louis fans. I don't know. I haven't gotten into too much of them with Colorado Avalanche. My God. Oof. About as most about as obnoxious as I get, so <sighs> karma's a bitch there, I suppose, because they're last place in the league. So, but yeah, watch them get like the next freaking uh, Connor McDavid or something. Wouldn't wouldn't that be terrific? Then they could join the the wannabe <laughs> the wannabe Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon. Wouldn't that be Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, Blackhawks win four to two. Whatever. Tuesday, March the fourteenth, Washington wins four to two. Aren't you happy? Aren't you in a good mood right now as a Wild fan? You know, does it, what a statement of a week this was. Just a statement, huh? It was a statement, all right, but not the one we wanted to hear. It, it really wasn't. And you know what? I'm not here to bash the club, so all of you saying, oh, bandwagon fan. Bandwagon, my ass. I've been with this team since 1997, three years before they came to existence. So don't bandwagon me, all right? I'm just pissed off at the way this week turned, and I have a right to be, as most of you would be at this stage. You get past the December swoon. You get past the January swoon. The February swoon. But now we get a March one? Really? 
Do we really have to go through this again? At least we've built enough equity this time around. The Wild should have home ice advantage in the first round. After that, we'll just have to wait and see where things go. <laughs> yeah, and home ice advantage for Chicago doesn't usually spell good things. It really doesn't, does it? And it sucks to see it evaporate before our eyes like liquid nitrogen touching a floor. Oh, it just goes, it's just gone. Gone. <sighs> Devin Dubnik again, boy. I, I don't know. Alex Ovechkin? No goals in 10 games? Washington? Losing four in a row? <laughs> Something's got to give. <laughs> the Wild have been struggling, so let's just take advantage of this Washington team who's been doing so good, and now they're struggling. Yeah, well, how about Washington take advantage of the Wild team that's been struggling, ending multiple droughts in this game? And that about sums it up. Uh, really? I mean, really? Like, really? Uh, how are you going to win a game? You know, you give up a goal at the end. You know, Dubnik made some great saves in this game. But really, the goals allowed, were, were they that great? Were they that great? Or were they the kind of stop, were they the kind of shots that were stopped by Dubnik? You know, maybe 75% of the time. But it's, but all of them went past him, and it just was so frustrating. Anytime you raise the puck on the guy, you pretty much can't get it. You know, and luckily the Wild kept kept the puck down a significant amount of times, but not on these. Nate Schmidt, again, it's just like, sure, he'll make saves, and then all of a sudden, him being Dubnik, and then all of a sudden... Somebody just kind of does a wrister where he gets it about shoulder high, and there it goes. Bada bing, bada boom. Nate Schmidt, second goal of the season, playing with playing with the top line. Nate Schmidt, a defenseman, of course. Um, uh, damn it! <laughs> and then Ovechkin, a little wrist, uh, uh, a one-time type of wrister shot again, a Koivu type shot again. Now, so now you're seeing Dubnik get beaten on these. You know, it's not a bad shot though, but it's like still, it's. Not like there was anything spectacular going on. It wasn't like a spectacular pass. It was just kind of just a play. Just move the puck around, put the puck on net. Move the puck around, put the puck on net, right? It wasn't a spectacular play where there's nothing Dubnik could do, but but it went in anyway. And Ovechkin, 28th goal of the year. The drought's over. Uh, Kuznetsov, ah, gosh. Kuznetsov, Kuznetsov. On the power play, able to get free, getting some space, and and it was a good goal in terms of, you know, it's a good play by Kutzenzoff, but still, again, another goal that you you just, I mean, could Dubnik have stopped it earlier in the year? You know, you just you're left with that question. Whatever, maybe, maybe not. But then you're down three nothing with about three minutes remaining in the second period, and it's like I think we lost again. I mean, barring some type of amazing miracle, I think we lost again. I mean, the Wild make things interesting, scoring early. And twice, not early and often, in the third period, Jamba off a, again just a pass of the pass of the century by Granlund. I mean, I just love this guy, Granlund. He's the best player on the team right now. I mean, I gotta say, along with Eric Stahl, serious candidates for the award of the week too. By the way, I mean they are holding this team together at a time when you know the defensemen aren't playing particularly well. The goaltenders are are bad, have been lousy for the most part. And to give Dubnik credit, he was good in the Carolina game, but he choked. He absolutely choked on a on a on a puck that that shouldn't have been moving. It should have been frozen. Unbelievable. Uh, we'll leave that alone. Dumba, nice move to finally end Holtby's shutout bid early in that third period, and then stall another big one. Just a quick release. The puck bounced off uh, Zach Parisi off of a nice pass by Corey. Bounced off Parisi's skate. Went in the right place, right time for Eric Stahl. He's able to raise it past 
Hold me again, raise the puck. Yeah, I mean, I, and I know, it's old news. You could repeat it a million times, but it is what it is. 23rd goal of the year, Eric Stahl playing way, way better over the past couple of weeks here. Just he's, he's the Eric Stahl that led this team in scoring for quite a while, all the way through November, at least, uh, during the course of the season. Him and Coyle were really leading this team pretty much October, November, December. And then, again, the, the quiet spells started to take over there. Stahl was semi-consistent, but quieter. And then Coyle pretty much, you know, time and time again during the course of this week, major scoring chances that wound up in nothing. You know, the save of the century, this and that, by Eddie Lack, by Holtby, and by Crawford. It's just the whole week. I mean, the Wild couldn't muster three goals in one single game the whole week. The Wild get five goals in three games during the course of this week. Uh, right when the Wild, you know, the Wild were in the game, Keeping things rolling, getting some shots on Holtby. Holtby getting the stops. Washington playing pretty strong defense, though, keeping the Wild down to only seven shots in that third period. And then Beagle, Jay Beagle, 12th goal of the year. Woohoo. And that about pretty much was it there. Washington up 4 to 2. Again, just again, giving too much space. And then Dubnik not making a stop that you'd think he could make earlier in the year. And it's just, I, I, I'm going to say that over and over. He's just not as good as he was earlier this season. And that pretty much is all she wrote for this one. Yeah, Holtby's the best goalie ever. I know, I know. And yes, he's been very good, and he's one of the major reasons Washington is so good. They got a lot of offense and, all, and again, a good goaltender that spells division championships in this in this league. And that's what Washington's doing. Will that finally add up to something in the postseason beyond the second round? I don't know. They'll just have to let that play out. Thursday, March the 16th, the Wild head to... Carolina, we finally play the Hurricanes for the first time in forever. Now, of course, the Blackhawks series ended, and that's over. As we talk about series Washington coming up again in a few weeks, very soon. Carolina, we finally play them for the first time, Carolina and Washington, for the first time all year. Trying to get this thing to cooperate, and it's not, and it's bugging me. Yeah, we play uh, Carolina again on April the 4th, hosting the Carolina Hurricanes, and hopefully the Wild can get it done. I will say again, and I'm very happy, <laughs> that the Hurricanes wore those third jerseys. They are awesome. I, I I love the black jerseys for the Carolina Hurricanes. Very creative design, nice lining, colors, all that. Just love the look of those Carolina Hurricanes. They have the stripes, kind of like the Wild uh, had with their special jerseys. I love those uh, the elbow stripes there. Again, like the North Stars used to have and the Wild had in those special jerseys for the uh, the stadium series last year against the Blackhawks. That was an awesome one. <sighs> Disappointing game again. I mean, the Wild. When I saw Eddie Lack in that, somehow I, you know, I just knew. Remember last week when I talked about it in the preview that Eddie Lack might be a problem because he was good for uh, uh, Vancouver a couple of years ago. Like I have a weird memory like that. Eddie Lack came in uh, with the Vancouver Canucks a couple of years ago and was outstanding. And look at Eddie Lack now. I believe Luongo was still there at the time. The Wild, yeah, the Wild always crushed Luongo. When he was with Vancouver, so they put Eddie Lack in, and he like shut, he stymied us. I forget if it was a complete shutout or if it was a one goal, but Eddie was like a, even better than Crawford. I mean, he was better than Crawford. He was stopping everything, low, high, whatever it was. He just was there, oh, and he kept saying, "Those are the kind of shots Dubnik had been letting pass during the course of this week." He would let that pass him early in the game, very early in the game, not even five minutes in. Derek Ryan on the power play, and it doesn't help when you get a stupid penalty early in the game either. And Derek Ryan, again, another shot that, you know, earlier in the year he might have stopped, be him being uh, Devin Dumnik. Mikhail Granlin on the, on, the, on the penalty kill. 
creating a nice turnover. Another really good, really good goal again. Granlin leading the club in scoring goals and points during the course of the season. And Koivu, again, adding another assist. So a nice, strong, decent week by Koivu, at least in the points department. Defensively, you know, it's just kind of up and down. But I, I'm more upset with, with other guys like Scandella and Dumba during the course of this week. And, of course, just terrible overall goaltending, i got to think. Even though Dubnik made a lot of good saves in this game, but he didn't make the saves he needed to. And it was, and it was, and it was heartbreaking. And this was a grinded-out type of game. Not a whole lot of shots on goal, except until the Wild in the third period got 16, but Eddie Lack was fantastic the entire time. Wild wouldn't score again after Granlin scored. <laughs> the second period, very grinded out, very uninteresting. Lots of shot blocks, lots of wall play, and you know there were a couple of good there were a couple of good attempts that again were stopped by both goalies. So okay, give them credit there, but overall a very uninteresting second period. Third period dominated by the Wild, but the Wild didn't win, and Carolina did. The Carolina Panthers get a uh, empty netter. I kept calling them the Panthers, the Carolina Hurricanes, the empty netter by Taravinen, but before that, Victor Rask kind of jamming the puck into Dubnik. Dubnik, uh, you thought he had it, stopped by with his legs. You know, as obviously you put the legs together, stop the puck, but it just squirted through there, and Dubnik unaware that it was free, and it was just slowly sliding past the line. And I, I don't know, I just call, I just felt that was a choke. I mean, I, it's just too bad. He couldn't turn around, freeze the puck. But, you know, those happen sometimes, so I can't hate him too much. It's just that it figures. You know, Carolina is the game you need to win. And you just saw it in Bruce Woodrow's face, and you heard it in his voice. He is just like, what the hell is going on? This is getting ridiculous. Um, he says, well... With the equity this team has this season, why the hell shouldn't we be able to pull out of this? I agree, but let so let's get on with it. And that's basically what uh, Bruce Woodrow is saying. Let's let's get on with it, and that's where the hope does come into the next week. We'll just have to see how things go. This team needs to come out of this slump very quickly because uh, this is just mm, this is getting really disappointing. Uh, and the Carolina game was a huge one. Good for Eddie Lack come in uh, to come in and have a strong performance, but man alive, this was not. A pretty, pretty week at all for the Minnesota Wild. Offensively or defensively, all the above. So Mike Madonna Ward, we're going to give it to two guys, Eric Stahl and Mikhail Granlin, for leading the Minnesota Wild over the course of this week. And the James Shepard Memorial is going to go to it's going to go to Dubnik, I guess. I mean, he had a strong game against Carolina, but again, it just couldn't make the stops he needed to. The first. Uh, James Shepard of the year going to Dubnik, but you can also give it to multiple defensemen over the course of this week. You can give it to Coyle as well, failing on so many shots. So Dubnik, this is not a hard James Shepard memorial. There are several uh, honorable mentions coming along with you in this week. Several. Um, again, Coyle, just, you know, could, you've got to finish on some of these. Parisi, where's Zach Parisi? Where is he? Is he ever going to score again? It's getting ridiculous. Anita uh, Ryder, is he ever going to score again? You know, and, and Scandella, he, he goes from playing well to make, making mistakes again or not being in the right spot, whatever it is, just or just flat getting beat. And, of course, Dumba is just out of control. He can make great plays, and he can just be... He can just get undressed time and time again, and the frustration mounted during that Blackhawk game and others, other plays during the course of this week where maybe, luckily, Dumick would make a save in that Carolina game. So we're just going to... End this segment right here, right now, before I say anything I need I need not to say. So let's talk about the next week. Let's do some previews, look at the prospects, and then we'll wrap things up with Twitter. That'll be fun. 
are back here on Brave the Wild. Segment number two, let's talk about four games here. Four games to preview. There's winnable games in this schedule, but I don't know. Uh, it's an opportunity to turn things around and winnable games for quite a stretch here, about six of them. We have four games to talk about today, and we have a little bit of a tough finish to the month there. Washington and Ottawa coming to town. Tougher games, but, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Hopefully the Wild can still finish this month positively. There is a chance. I mean, it's... I don't know. It's, it's it's all on them. I mean, you got Philadelphia, Vancouver coming up, Detroit, all that. Those are winnable games. We're going to talk about the New York Rangers coming to town Saturday, March the 18th. That day sounds awfully familiar, doesn't it? But we'll leave that alone for the moment. <laughs> and again, we'll talk about the prospects in that Twitter. I'm not going to go too heavy into the Twitter and the prospects. Kind of a quieter week with college hockey going into the postseason. You know, but again, positive, uh, positive games for some of our prospects going into their conference tournaments in the next week, the NCAA tournament, which is nice. NCAA basketball tournament, of course, up and running already, but uh, not a subject at the moment. Expect to see anti-Ranta. Ranta and that with Lundqvist going to be missing a significant amount of time. So, and anti-Ranta has been good, and yeah, it is what it is. Pittsburgh, why am I calling them Pittsburgh? New York Rangers have been... Excellent, uh, for the most part, most of the season. But they're in the best division in the NHL, so despite their 91 points, they're a wild card team, which is ridiculous. That would mean the Wild would be in the wild card, because Columbus is 96, Pittsburgh 97, Washington 98. Well, gee, that's as easy as 1, 2, 3 right there. And, um, geez, that's, wow, Metropolitan Division, good luck. Good luck. If you are not, if you don't have, like, 100 points, good luck. Uh, and I mean, and it's going to be well over 100, probably for... Three out of the four, and maybe even the Rangers. Yeah, Rangers, a good chance they're going to get 100, uh, over 100 as well. And that's, I don't know if that's ever been done. Four teams with 100 points in the same division. Yikes. Uh, the Wild went through a kind of an up-and-down seesaw type of battle December the 23rd. Not the best goaltended game in the history of the world. 7-4 to four in favor of the Minnesota Wild over the New York Rangers, and we wrap up the season series, hopefully with a win. That was a fun game, but, gee, uh, Lundqvist was not so good. Uh, they, they really beat the crap out of him in that one, and that was back when Shirley Coyle was awesome. Four points in that game. Three assists, one goal. Remember that. And Darcy Kemper, yep, that's what that's why the that's why the four goals took place, because I wasn't expecting Dubnik to struggle like that. Ranta was in net, and he gave up two goals later in that game as well. So after Lundqvist was pulled, after stopping only nine of 13 shots. Ouch! Can the Wild turn things around against this Rangers club? Sure, but will they? I don't know. Um... Uh, I don't know. Uh, the Rangers haven't been playing that well either. They lost. They beat Florida five to two. They lost to Carolina four to three. Beat Detroit and lost to Tampa. Lost to Florida. So they is kind of a similar win loss record of late for the New York Rangers as the Minnesota Wild. I yeah. I mean, you want to see some type of a turnaround here. Uh, you're 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 hoping for one. Rick Nash. I, I don't know. I thought he was out, but I guess he isn't at the moment. <laughs> New York Rangers, though they they go they're going through ups and downs at the moment. Of course, uh, Girardi's out with the, on the injured reserve with the ankle as of the end of February. He's been out ever since. Lundqvist again out for a while, and such. So to the point. Of course, J.T. Miller leading the team in scoring fifty points, but Chris Kreider with twenty six goals and Matthew. Grabner with 27. So those are the real goal scorers, but lots of playmakers, Zuccarello, Stepan, Hayes, and others. So, and Ryan McDonough, Ryan McDonough with 33 points, one of the better players out there as well. 33 assists, excuse me. Um, 
the Wild can beat this team without a doubt, and it, you know, home game it helps. Dubnik will most likely be a net. This is an opportunity for Dubnik to turn things around, and you know, Antti Ranta has been playing better than Henrik Lundqvist of late, and it's another one of those where it's this established goalie, but he's not been not been so good, and it's been going on for a while with Lundqvist. He's still capable of great games, Lundqvist, but then you have this really good backup, and. I don't know. That's what I don't like. It, it's the it's it's Eddie Lack syndrome, you know. Eddie Lack, yeah, the guy that <laughs> I'm afraid of him. And then when I saw him in net, I was like, oh no, not again. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the Wild beat him last year, and I remember they lost to him two years ago. I just had a feeling it was going to come back to bite us again, and it did. Uh, I'm getting that vibe with Antti Ranta, you know, and then the Chad Johnson syndrome as well. When the Wild crushed Chad Johnson years ago with the Rangers, and then he, and with the Flames, he was awesome. Yeah, so, and he was also good with the uh, Buffalo Sabres the year before, so. <laughs> That's what I'm fearing coming into this one. I don't know. <sighs> There's more winnable games in the, than this one, I think. It, but I have some strange positive vibe that the Wilder are going to come out of, come, come out of, come out of this one a win, with, or with a win. Somehow I don't think the Sharks, I don't think we're going to sweep the Sharks this year. That's the other thing. So maybe I, I'll pick a win in this one. Most likely got to score for the Wild in this particular game. It's just, I have a feeling there's going to be an offensive surge. That's what I'm talking about here. It's got to happen at some point. It's just that the anti-Ranta thing is what's keeping me questioning things. I mean, if Lundqvist was a net, I expect it. I expect the Wild to win the game 4-2, to two, something like that. Dubnik will have a little bit of a rebound type of performance. I don't know. Man, I'm having a really tough time with this one, If you can, if you can't tell. Most likely guy to score. I'm going to go with Jason Zucker. I just got a, I just got a feeling with Zucker. It would be nice to see Coyle, though, score against the Rangers after a four-point performance last time around. Maybe he will, but I'm, I, I feel stronger about Zucker. I'm just seeing that name flash across my head right now, flash across my eyes as I, as I, as I uh, preview this game. Whew. This game is going to go to extra periods. It's going to be 3-3, three to three. a 3-3 three to three game. And it's kind of a pick 'em for me. I don't. Know, I think it's going to be three to three going into the extra period, and I'll say the. Hmm. I just got a feeling. I, I don't know. Uh, well, if it's three to three, I say the Wild will win the game because that means the scoring is back. The Wild will win the game four to three in the extra period against the Rangers. So that's the feeling. Most likely guy to score is Mister Jason Zucker. Sunday. Um, this one you'll probably see Kemper in net because again, this is a back to back. Do you really think we're going to see Kemper with the Rangers again? Now, of course, we had success last time, but are you expecting seven goals? See, my feeling would be if Kemper's in that, we will lose for sure because I, I think Ranta is going to outplay. Um, I think Ranta will outplay uh, Kemper. I would absolutely have Dubnik in that against the Rangers and go with Kemper with Winnipeg. Absolutely. Like er, earlier in the year, Boudreaux went the opposite direction. And, well, I mean, the Wilds still came out the way they did, but. It was an odd situation. The Wild still survived Winnipeg in that case. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have Kemper in net against Winnipeg. That's just my guess. Of course, uh, Hansel's been day-to-day. Olsen's been day-to-day. Foling is out for a while. He's not day-to-day, so you got that situation. Now, of course, that's with the Wild during the course of this week. Winnipeg with Kemper in net. Well, uh, not sure. Uh, Pavlich. Pavlich, the goalie, day-to-day, apparently with arthroscopic surgery. I don't think that's day-to-day. So, hmm, <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, this should be a winnable game for the Wild. But, I don't know, I mean, sometimes Hutchinson's that kind of guy where he'll, he's that backup who might have that magical type of game. 
So, I, it's a tough situation. Uh, Pavlec has missed significant time during the course of the season. He was a good goalie at one point, but he struggled overall. Hellebuck or Hutchinson could be the could be in the net in this situation. I mean, Hellebuck is most likely to be the goalie, though he's actually been the goalie most of the season anyway, which I already knew. I don't know why I'm saying what I'm saying earlier. Um, why does this one feel like a loss? It, it kind of does. I think the Wild lose to the Winnipeg Jets. I think you beat the Rangers and then you lose to the Jets. It's just if a very winnable game. It'll be a messy game type of thing. This one I think will go to extra period type of situation as well. I'm thinking more of a four to three type of game in this one. Maybe even five to four. Let's go with five to four. I got a sneaky feeling. Kemper will give up four goals in regulation. The Wild will score four goals in regulation. You're going to see a more of an offensive game. The Jets are just completely different. They're not what they used to be. We've talked about this. We've talked about this every show where they've been a low-scoring team. Now they're scoring goals like crazy, but their goaltending stinks. Uh, Patrick Lane again, one of the best players emerging out there. 33 goals in 63 games. Sheffield with 70 points in 68. Outstanding uh, on the offensive end. You got Ellers. You still got Blake Wheeler. Dustin Bufflin with, with 46 goal uh, points. 46 goals? No, that'll never happen. <laughs> no, he's not that kind of guy. Um, I think Winnipeg wins 5-4 to four in the extra period. The Wild will squeak out a point. So this will be kind of like what the Wild were earlier in the year. Um... Winnipeg has not been playing well most of the year. They've been giving up goals, like, religiously. Uh, they finally kept the Islanders to only two goals in their most recent game, March the 16th. But before that, I mean, seven goals against Pittsburgh. They got shut out by Calgary. And then Nashville, they gave up five goals and a loss there as well. So, again, I'll go with five to four Winnipeg. I just have a, I just have a feeling it's not going to be good and Kemper is going to piss us all off. But we'll stay in the game, back and forth. It's just a classic Kemper type of game where you're going to give up weird goals, but our offense will be answering, and it'll be very competitive. We'll get a point out of the game against the Winnipeg Jets. Most likely, we've got to score. Nino Niederreiter will end his drought against the Winnipeg Jets. Nino Niederreiter will end his drought against the Winnipeg Jets. So now we get the San Jose Sharks. Chris is back, right? <laughs> Pucknology out there. Chris and the Sharks back, ready to rock and roll. First place in the Pacific Division. I don't, I don't know. You know, I mean, they have 91 points now. They really stepping up of late. They're really playing well. Uh, they did lose recently to St. Louis. That probably didn't sit too well. And between now and then, the Sharks will have played the Anaheim Ducks and Dallas Stars. So we got to look at that possibility there. Those are division, well, conference rivals, actually. Tuesday, March the 21st. Boy, I, I don't know. That Anaheim game is so big. I mean, that could go either way. And uh, Dallas, I expect a win by the Sharks there. Sharks will beat the Dallas Stars. Um, last year, it would have been a pretty good one, pretty good series, but I don't know. Uh, Brent Burns, 70 points, just Jiminy Christmas. He's on course, course for 82 points on the year. Joel Pulaski with Pavelski with uh, 63 points on the year. I mean, just mm, Sharks definitely offensive capabilities, and they got Martin Jones, one of the better goalies out there. He's been strong. The Wild luckily got the puck past him, though, last time around in an in a ugly, ugly 5-4 to four win in a Kemper game back on January the 5th. Classic Kemper game, 5-4 to four situation. We'll wrap up the season series. The Wild have won it. This will be on NBC, so so it won't be Star Sunday, but it'll be the uh, it'll be a Tuesday national broadcast for the National Hockey League, the Wild and San Jose. The Wild usually win games like this. <sighs> yeah, you know, I'm getting a vibe about something, and I'll get back to it. Maybe, you know, I think the, I think the Wild will sweep the season series, and this is not being a homer. It, 
I don't know. It's just all of a sudden we're playing really well against this team. I just got a good feeling. Somehow, but... Ah, oh, I keep going back and forth. Because you got the Philadelphia game coming up. I got a, I got a weird feeling about that one. Yeah, I, I think the Wild will beat the San Jose Sharks. Low scoring, 2-1 to one type of game. Devin Dumnik in net, 3-2. to two. We'll go 3-2. to two. The Wild will escape the Sharks. Maybe even... Maybe even three to one empty net type of situation. We'll go three to two. The Sharks are going to score goals. Uh, Brent Burns will score somehow, some way, without a doubt. He just he always magically does, and that's what I see happening. Joe Thornton, forty-one assists, definitely leading the club in that. Well, actually, Brent Burns is leading the club in assists too. He's got even more. Insane. Um, yeah, I'm feeling three to two Minnesota. Believe it or not, national broadcast. I kind of think the Wild will get back in the swing of things a bit during the course of this week, but it's not going to be like a, it's not going to be like a blowout of a week. You're going to see losses that are going to frustrate you, but they're they're going to be playing a little bit better. A little, you're going to see some decent performances. You're not going to see three losses in a row, or you're not going to see you're not, the Wild are going to get to four or five losses in a row, that type of thing. There's a possibility this club goes three and one this week, but uh, you'll get a point out of the Winnipeg game at least. And you'll get your fifth point here, your fourth and fifth point, as the Wild will escape the Sharks 5-4. to four. Excuse me, what am I talking about? That's the Winnipeg game uh, with the loss. The Wild will escape the Sharks 3-2, to two, lower scoring game. Dubnik will be more sharp during the course of this week, in my humble opinion. I, I just, you know, he, he, he has those rough stretches and then he picks it up again. Hopefully he can continue this time around, though, because he always seems to go right back into the crappy stretches. It's like kind of a week-by-week thing, and that's basically been a trend with Devin Dubnik, and that's where I see the Wild going. Most likely got a score for the Minnesota Wild against the San Jose Sharks will be Eric Stahl. Eric Stahl will score against the San Jose Sharks. So, let's wrap up the week. In preview, that is, the Wild will host the Philadelphia Flyers. Philadelphia Flyers, March the 23rd, Thursday, March the 23rd, Oh, remember when this team won 10 games in a row? Yeah, completely different situation. Now only two games above 500. Sixth place in the Metropolitan Division, the best division in the National Hockey League. You know, it's a talented team, but a team that just, you know, they're inconsistent. That type of thing. You had Claude Giroux, one of the better players. He's having a down year, only 14 goals. Remember when he was a goal-scoring stud? Jake, Jake, Jacob Borasek, <laughs> 55 points leading the way, 17 goals, but Wayne Simmons... Has 29 points, uh, 29 goals on the season. So he's the top goal scorer, and he's still in the top three there, pretty much, for <clears throat> the Winnipeg Jets. The goalies are Steve Mason and Michael Newworth. I remember Newworth having a good game against the Wild years ago. It's just, but I don't remember exactly when, where, that type of thing. Steve Mason will more than likely be the goalie. Why does this feel like a weird one to me? But, you know, I think the Wild are going to go 3-1 and one this week. I'm feeling more positive right now. I, I, I just, I don't expect the Wild to continue a, a horrible, massive loss trend here. I, I'm getting a vibe the Wild are going to go 3-1 this week. I could almost switch over between Winnipeg and uh, San Jose, but I don't know why. I don't know what's coming over me here. This, this one just reeks of like a stupid loss, but at the same time, you know, they're playing so horribly right now. Philadelphia. And another home game for the Wild. Where the Wild have been pretty good at home this year. They've been worse on the road on occasion. They've had some nasty ones. I just got a feeling that 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 uh, Carolina game was kind of the last straw, and the Wild will have a three in one week. Nice positive three in one week. This is like the classic Wild most of this season. I expect a four to two victory for the Wild, 
in this in this game. It's not a back-to-back. The back-to-back will be coming up very soon, so you won't be seeing Darcy Kemper. You'll see him once this week, and that'll be the loss to Winnipeg. That's just my opinion. Who knows? Maybe maybe Mr. Boudreaux will go the opposite direction. I don't recommend it personally, but he's the coach. He knows better than me. Uh, you get back-to-back Saturday, Sunday, Vancouver and Detroit. Hopefully those are back-to-back wins. So another weekend, another weekend, just like I'm going to have to do this week, <laughs> seven-day week. Damn, Saturday, Sunday working. So here I am Saturday morning getting this show out first. I'm working really hard this week, aren't I? <laughs> so please forgive me if I'm a bit disoriented too. Um, but uh, Wild will win 4-2 to two against the Philadelphia Flyers. And Zach Parisi will end his, his more recent drought against the Philadelphia Flyers, in my humble opinion. 4-2, to two, regulation win, empty netter, maybe by uh, Mikhail Granlin, like he does, or Charlie Coyle, or, or Eric Stahl. Those are the three guys most likely to get empty netters. Those are the ones that get it done. They kind of hustle to that puck and release it. Maybe even Parisi will have a two-goal game with an empty netter. But uh, I do think Zach Parisi will finally end the drought, and it'll be against the Philadelphia Flyers. 4-2 to two win for Devin Dubnik and the Minnesota Wild, and a 3-1 in one week. I don't know what it is. I just feel... Very positive for some strange reason. It's just, it's a little bit easier schedule. Like last week was horse crap. The Carolina game was double horse crap, but I don't know. Eddie Lack was in that. I just, it's just one of those weird ones where you find a way to lose. Kind of like the Wild did uh, in the past years against the Florida Panthers with a backup goalie in that. Because Luongo's not going to shut down the Wild. He just never does. The Wild own that son of a gun. So, where are we now? Let's talk about the prospects a bit. Almost rather go to the Twitter first, but nah, let's talk about the prospects. Luke Cunning and the Wisconsin Badgers. Well, they got the first round by in the Big Ten tournament. He was able to score a goal and help the Wisconsin Badgers defeat the uh, Iowa State Buckeyes, or Iowa State, Ohio State Buckeyes, and head to the Big Ten Championship. Minnesota Gophers last night went to double overtime against Penn State, who went to double overtime the night before against Michigan, and won, and there they are against the Wild. It wasn't the night before. It was earlier in the season, and they came out victors, and Penn State again coming out victors, but Jack Sadick, who had a two-goal week last week, two-goal game last week, I should say, against the Michigan State with another goal, and he finishes the regular season with 11 points, or the Big Ten season, anyway, with 11 points, so not bad. Getting another goal, that would have been his, uh, his fifth goal of the year. No, fourth goal of the year. That's it. Wow. So 11 points on the season. For Jack Sadick, he did get a goal. The, the Gophers lose five, four to three in double overtime. Forgive me for keep bumping out these weird words, but the uh, the Gophers eliminated by Penn State. So Penn State, Wisconsin will skate tonight for the Big Ten Championship. Gophers move on to the NCAA tournament. They will have a number two seed. Uh, I have zero faith they'll come out with a number one seed. Hopefully the Gophers can advance past the first round, but the way they're playing right now, I don't know. I, I think they will get past the first round, but second round, it's Boy, uh, they're going to have to just have some some type of a magical run to get to that uh, Frozen Four. And it's not because they stink, but because they've been playing poorly of late and the injuries to valuable defensemen the previous week against Michigan State. It just figures you're playing a, a yucky team, the last place team in the conference, and then important players get hurt and, you know, whatever. And then Shearhorn's just mediocre. He's Kemper-like, basically, for the Gophers at this stage. Yule Eriksson at continuing strong play overseas, and good for him. Jordan Greenway also added a point for Boston University, but could not get the victory as Boston College will play for their conference championship. So the two uh, crosstown rivals there, Yule <clears throat> uh, Eriksson Ek, eight goals, eight assists in 26 games for the Swedish Hockey League at this stage. So nice overall performance at this stage for him. I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Pavel Bonnet of 
MNW players, MNW players. That will be the Facebook page too out there. Look that up on Facebook. Give it a give it a uh, give it a like. Follow the page. Interact with it. I like how that page continues to grow. Pavel Bounier and Merrick Skyba, kind enough to have me on board as an admin. I'm more than proud to be on there. Just an awesome page where they keep up with everything related to the Wild. Everything from Eric Stahl all the way down to Nick Boca of the Michigan Wolverines. You know what I mean? Guys like that that you don't hear about hardly ever because he's a pretty quiet defenseman. He barely scores anything. You get what I'm saying here? All the way from, you know, Zach Parisi, Eric Stahl, Charlie Coyle down to the uh, the lower end prospects. You know, <laughs> Luis, Bel- Luis Belpedio has been out of late too in that club, not in the tournament they lost in the first round over there for Miami, Ohio. Unfortunately, Alex Tuck scored a goal early in the week. Iowa not getting a whole lot of action. Again, Kirill Kopitar's season over, so I've said that about 100 times. Uh, Greenway, again, like I said, adding a goal last night in his tournament, only in a loss. Unfortunately, Cunnan adding a goal in a victory for Wisconsin as the Badgers more than likely will win the tournament for the Big Ten, and they will be in the NCAA tournament. The Wisconsin Badgers already back in the NCAA tournament just like the Golden Gophers go from an awful team to all of a sudden they got back to the NCAA tournament. Gopher, Gopher, Golden Gopher basketball, but they lost in the first round. I don't know. The Badgers might advance. Just watch. Watch them go to the frickin' Frozen Four and the Wild just continue to stink. Or the like Gophers. I keep calling them the Wild. The Gophers continue to stink in the tournament. Uh, Carson Soucy of the outstanding uh, Duluth Blue Devils. They're, they're a national champion contender. Avery Peterson scoring a goal last night. Susie's been out ever since, and that's unfortunate. Avery Peterson been a factor here late in the year for the Duluth Blue Devils, so good on him. Uh, look at the Iowa Wild very briefly. Alex Stalock continuing his outstanding play, but the Iowa Wild not scoring goals. Like, Stalock keeping them in games. One goal, two goals against, and that's about it. He's just been wonderful. 2.38 GAA, I should say. And 2.63 for Stephen McCullough, kind of back and forth. He's been a, he, he, he would be like the perfect backup. Like, just imagine if Kemper was like that, 2.63. That's that's good enough to be a solid backup. And Stalock has been just outstanding after a slow start to the season. Ryan Carter still only one assist in six games. And as this team, again, it's like they're like college hockey. They only play on the weekend. Like, what's going on with the Iowa Wild and their strange schedule? Uh, Gray about 10 points in 12 games. <laughs> But he was back up at the Minnesota Wild last night. Good on him there. Adam Gilmore, after a short stint with the Quad City Mallards, back up with Iowa. Sam Anas, really the only uh, <laughs> the only other guy, the only guy scoring last night in a two to one loss for the Iowa Wild as they're fighting for the playoffs over there. Sam Anas, an unassisted goal, his tenth of the season for the Quinnipiac, uh, the former Quinnipiac little engine that could there, just a goal scoring machine in the college ranks. So he is only the third Iowa Wild to get to double-digit goals in the year. So good on you, Sam Anas. 22 points on the season. Alex Tuck leading the club in scoring because, again, Timo Polkinen is a member, a uh, borderline member of the Phoenix Coyotes. He's a, he's, a, he's a bubble guy, and that's unfortunate. I bet he's frustrated. Scored a goal, only played one more game since then, and he's been scratched ever since. Timo Polkinen, not sure if he's hurt or if that's the what's the situation there, but not going to really majorly keep up with that unless it's in the news for some reason. Um, but getting frustrated with the uh, lack of games. Uh, Dmitry Sokolov, a correction, last week did have two goals. So good on him there. And then just recently, the <laughs> the uh, Sudbury Wolves were shut out. How frustrating is that? So no no goals for him. He had two goals last week, a correction, like I was saying. 
Not sure. I think they played again last night, too, if I remember correctly. And yes, he added some more goals here. Wow. 71 points on the season. 47 goals overall. Outstanding for him in the Ontario Hockey League. So, wow. Nice to see him stepping up in a big way after getting shut out the night before. So good on him there. As we're going to try to bounce around here with Twitter and such. Thought I had that ready. I'm gonna check. I, I just want to check real quick. Yeah, Sudbury five to two. Yep, I'm thinking. I'm seeing what happened. It's got to be a hat trick, as that's exactly what did happen. A hat trick and an assist for <laughs> Dmitry Sokolov. I thought. Yep. So an outstanding performance for Sokolov last night for the Sudbury Wolves of the Ontario Hockey League. So again, a nice rebound after a couple of quiet weeks there. It was like two two weeks without a goal, and then boom, two goals last week, and then a hat trick here. Very cool. Four-point performance. At Sudbury, you know, they have a poor record, but man. <laughs> but that Mr., uh, you know, they're, they're playing like three nights in a row. The, the uh, Last night they beat the Battalion 5-2. to two. Not sure about that. Yeah, and then they play the, uh, the Ice Dogs tonight. Three games in a row. Crazy. So Ontario getting a little busy late in the season. Good on them there. The Twitter account is at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild. The Facebook page for Brave the Wild is facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. We have a new member there too, Blackhawk fans. So again, getting to know a lot of Blackhawk fans the past week or so. I want to get to the interaction. It's getting kind of, uh, I might get a bit disoriented here because it just got real busy with all the -the over-the-top response to my uh, t- tweets, getting pissed off at the uh, <laughs> getting pissed off at the Marion Hosa goal, uh, but added some new friends at Rob Leffer, uh, Rob Lef- Lefaber, Lefaber. He says, "Wow, how many how many Lord how many of Lord Stanley Cups are are sitting in your trophy case?" Yeah, because he's making it. Because I was telling him, "Well, how long did it take for your Cubs to win the World Series? Only 108 years, basically," and. Uh, Everyone attacking me about a Hosa's a demigod, whatever that means. What's what the hell? How is Hosa a demigod? <laughs> what does that even mean? But yeah, we have no Stanley Cups, and the Bears have a Super Bowl, and the Blackhawks have three. No, they have more than three, but three recently. And the Cubs, well, they got three World Series, but their first two were in you know like the turn of the century, the previous century. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So quite a while ago, like 1907 and 1908. Woohoo. Um, Let's see, Hawks, let's see, what does this guy say, Brad? Yeah, it's just the same old thing. Hawks are in the heads of wild players and fans. Good players show up in big games. Where are yours? You know what? That's a good point. And, yeah, guys, time to step up. So, I agree, Brad, actually. I'm sure he's not listening, but just saying I agree with Brad there. Uh, See if there's some more. There are some. Haley, see, it doesn't matter how long it happened. It still happened. Oh, yeah, yep, Haley, yep, there she is. Yeah, it was nice to meet Haley as well. That's a new friend there. Young uh, Blackhawk fan from Philadelphia area. I'm not sure if she's listening or not since she's saying about the Cubs. Just because it happened 100 years ago doesn't mean they don't count anymore. Yes, it counts, but let's count the uh, the five Laker championships that happened here, even though they moved away. And then the Washington Senators, well, should we count that one too? Okay, maybe we can't count that one. The Washington Senators, which became the Twins in 1961. He says the Wild showed weakness today. Hawks will own them throughout. They have so far. Uh, and when I said, yeah, we'll count the Lakers championships, Haley says, I mean, no one said you couldn't. So and she said, thanks for being a good sport. I'm not trying to start shit. And I, I agree. So thank you for that. She said, most people who like the Wild are rude. Well, okay, I'm sure some are. 
Not everyone, I hope. Uh, woo. Yep, Drunk Kane says it's because Kemper is trash. Yep, and yeah, Drunk Kane, uh, yep. That's a kind of true there. Kemper's frustrating. Uh, back and forth. Uh, so, oh, and Rob Lifford, actually, he, uh, he likes the Vikings. That's cool. He said that's better than the Packers. Yeah, better than if you said the Packers. Yep. Oh, no, I'll never be a Packer fan, so don't worry about that. So, nice to interact with some new friends here. Oh, boy. You got some with the Demigod Show? Says Bleep You, pal. Whoa. Jeez. <laughs> Drunkosa81. Yeah. You guys really like Hosa, don't you? Um, well, you know what? That's fine. You can like Hosa. Uh, I don't know. Uh, wouldn't you get frustrated, though? Okay. Maybe I'm making a fool of myself. I, I think I am. So I'll, I'll just leave that alone. <sighs> I better leave it alone, huh? Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild before I put my foot in my mouth anymore. But uh, again, about 40,000 people reached over the course of Chicago and Minnesota and maybe other cities out there because Haley's from Philadelphia. So but so where's your flyer fandom? Look at you. Look at you. Oh, well, look at me. I like the Louisville Cardinals and uh, Louisville Cardinals in uh, college basketball. So whereas uh, obviously I'm a Gopher fan, but Louisville Cardinals are... Like the, uh, you know, if you're going to have a big school, if you're going to be a fan of a big school, you might as well have have one to identify with as well. So, since the Gophers are almost never in any type of a Elite Eight, Final Four situation. So, Gopher hockey is. So, luckily we have one powerhouse, kind of powerhouse in college hockey, who's been kind of in and out of late. We're more like Uni- University of Connecticut, where they kind of come and go, it seems like, in, in the, in the, on the men's side, the women's side, they're there every freaking second. So, again, shout out to Pavel. No article this week. He must have been busy. Totally understand that because, uh, you know, it's tough to keep up with. So, obviously, you know, you go with stretches. I mean, I'm busy too right now. It's a miracle I'm getting this show out, but I, I'm going to keep it coming because I enjoy doing this so much. Thank you again for listening to the show, being loyal to it, putting up with my craziness at times. If I seem disoriented, and I do apologize again, doing the best I can to keep this show going. Please do give a positive rating. On Brave the Wild. I hope the content is still good. That's what I hope. <laughs> I, I, I hope you enjoy the content. And you can tell a friend about the show as well. Please give a positive rating on iTunes, Stitcher, or Double Twist. Excuse me. would be greatly appreciated. iTunes or Stitcher. Double Twist is the other place you can look for this on, on uh, Android, of course. And the flagship website is thesportstuff.com. Do check out MNW Players. Again, all the information will be in the show description, including the phone line, which is 209 736 7877-209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Brave the Wild. Give your statement, shout-out, comment, question, and opine. There's another way to get on board, too, as the call-in the call in line is also in the Call Now button on the Facebook page. You can click on that, and it connects directly through Facebook Messenger, which is an international thing. It doesn't cost you a penny. It's, you can, it doesn't matter where you're from. You go straight to the same phone line. It's treated the same way, the same voicemail, and all that. Uh, the final way to get on board would be the audio submission route, where you can use the voice recording app, the free voice recording app on any smart device out there. Simply treat it the same way as a phone call and email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com. So thank you very much in advance for that. It would be great to hear any of you on the air. I mean, Merrick Skyba, <laughs> Pavel Bunya, De, uh, Benny Allen out there in Australia would be greatly appreciated to have you on board. 
and others, others that might be listening, hockey fans and the like, would be greatly appreciated. Even somebody from Chicago. Oh, I was going to mention, I was going to introduce a, that's why I, I knew I was forgetting something. Again, on the Facebook page, we have a new friend from Chicago. <laughs> he likes to, yeah, let's see. <laughs> he likes reminding me about how great the Blackhawk fans are. Uh, yep, Harsh Med, Harsh Med, big Blackhawk fan, posting a lot of pictures, showing the ooh, the broom and holding the wild's head in the air. Yep, that was when the wild got swept by the Blackhawks a couple uh, years back now. Hmm. So, yep, Harsh Med, welcome aboard, welcome aboard. Hopefully he's uh, listening and trying to spice the page up a little bit, maybe create a little rivalry. Nobody responding yet, I don't know why, but maybe because they figure they don't want to get into some kind of a back and forth at this stage. Oh, well. So thanks again for your listenership, your loyalty, and for retweeting the show. I've got to thank Vince Germano for doing that pretty much every week. God bless you, Vince Germano, for uh, retweeting the show. And thank you, MNW players Merrick and, of course, Pavel Bounier for allowing me to post Brave the Wild on the page. Definitely not trying to treat it like spam, but more of, like, you know, just working together. We're, so they, they allow me to post the show on there. Thank you very much, and welcome aboard to those here in Europe in the Czech Republic and Russia, places like that that might be joining this page for the first time. want to say hello and thank you very much. So we'll talk to you soon. Take care, everybody.